excited for my guest today here at Single in These Pews. So, sir, um, give an introduction. Give your name, something about you as a person. How should how should the audience know you? Hello, everyone. My name is Cole. Just recently graduated from college. So, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Hampton University, HU. The real HU. The real HU. And just getting started in the whole relationship, singleness, marriage realm. Now that I'm 22. 22. When you're in your teens, you're not, you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But as you get older, you start to become more mature. And so now I'm really walking this walk through relationships, through singleness, through marriage, all of it, for real now. Yeah, like, and I'll tell you, for someone my age, that still sounds really precious, Um, but I respect it. I respect it. We all pass through life once. So how do we know each other, young man? So we go, we were going to the same church. Yeah. So going to the same church. Young adults. Yes. Yeah. So I be volunteering with the young people, you know, trying to keep them on the right path and all. Um, You did a good job, too. (laughs) Well, we are here as members of Team Celibate to to talk about around this. So you're 22. We don't want the audience to assume. Are you married? Never divorced? You could be. What's your what's your situation? I'm single, single, ready to mingle. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, snap. So are you also childless or, you know? Childless, yes. No kids children. Out here? Okay. Nope. No children. No kids out here. All right. All right. Give us a little bit of background. Like you are this person presently, right? Who's team celibate, mm-hmm. college educated, young black man in America. What mm-hmm. is your early story? Like, how would you summarize maybe how you grew up? Was church a part of your life growing up? I mean, how did you end up even following Jesus? Yes, I did grow up in the church. My mother and my father were Christians. And they, I would say my dad more than my mother, really attempted to disciple me. Nevertheless, I, I grew up in a loving home. Um, in a in a quiet suburb neighborhood, went to school. I was kind of I wasn't always like this. Like the, the, <laughs> the talking to today, completely different. Even I can look back five years ago in high school. I was not this. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> really at a loss for words because I can see how much the Lord has done in my life and where he's brought me from. So, of course, growing up a child, a young man going to public school, the devil's presenting you with so many temptations. And it's crazy because the world is saying yes, yes, yes to these temptations. You're going to school, people showing you things, people introducing you to people who showing you things or doing certain things. And everybody's cool with it. Nobody's batting an eye. 
And so, of course, my naive self, I'm going to partake. And what started to happen was the problems in my life, I wasn't dealing with them, but I was coping. Yeah. I used some pornography. I used some drugs. I used some women. Right. And when COVID came around, I had to sit with everything that I had done. And I had to sit with my sin and I had to sit with my my issues and recognize I wasn't okay when the Lord really began knocking on my heart. Mm -hmm. And I had no choice but to answer. I, I had nothing else to grab onto to pull me from under. Yeah. And his grace and his love when it met me, it, it gave me so much joy. Yeah. So go into that moment, right? Because I mean, we do have a choice. Some people will be real crazy, right? Yeah. And we will continue to harden their heart. So I can actually go into the testimony. So he literally saved my life. So there was one night in May of 2021 where I ended up in the hospital. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I was dealing with mental issues, just very unstable mentally. And I will never forget one of my best friends, his sister brought me a book called God's Promises for Men. That's good. And so I opened the book and it's nothing but verses. Verses in victory towards sin, verses about... um praying with your family, everything. And I read that book front to back. Okay. And it was crazy because I'm in the ambulance looking at this book in complete peace. But the second I would lift my eyes and look around and see everything around me, panic, fear, anxiety when I would bring my eyes back down to that page, to the word of God, peace, comfort. That's so beautiful. And so I was, I, that night ended, I got out of that night only by the grace of God. And I said to myself, Cole, there's something in this world. Yeah. And it was during COVID, so I had nothing but time to, <laughs> to just seek. Right, we all in jail, right, during right. COVID. <laughs> So I saw, I saw, and I saw it, and I found, and I have not looked back since. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. We better give praise to the Lord. And it's, it made me think of that verse, right? Where he says like, your word is a light into my, um, a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. When you're in, you are in that low position. And it's like the word was literally beginning to illuminate something in your life yeah. from that low place. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, that is beautiful because the word is so practical sometimes that, but it's like such a beautiful picture um and to have lived that out that's like really really cool mm -hmm. so you yeah. saved my life yeah literally yeah it, everybody needs to realize that it's like maybe everybody you know it just has to click he has to show us how he saved right. us so then in that process i don't want to make assumptions but like in that you started reading the word. I mean, how did your decision to go a different way with dating 
was it an automatic thing for you or was it like oh that that part or was it just like well I'm single and then later you were like oh yeah I have to think about this because <laughs> somebody came around then did you have to think about it like how did it was it before or during or you know it, I say it was a slow process okay because I had built up habits that were deeply rooted right and when you come to Jesus it's not like Oh, all of your sin and problems are gone. Right. And now we just live in freedom. <laughs> but you still have things to work through. Yes. And so I I didn't really put the axe to the root mm-hmm. until I had went back to college. And although my life, my inner life, my spirit had changed. The way I was acting when it came to dating, when it came to sexual purity, it hadn't changed. Yeah. And the world began to praise me, mm-hmm. but I was so confused inside because I'm like, why can't I advocate for how I'm living right now, just like the world's advocating for how I'm living right now? And it's because the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Where I really started to say, okay, cool. Let's examine how you're living and how that lines up with the word of God. Now, when you say the world, does that mean like everybody, were you in Christian fellowship at all? Like who was around you? Was it the same people that you had kind of been hanging with prior? It was the same people I was hanging with prior. I didn't really find a good church until my senior year of college. So I wasn't, so for probably that whole junior year, the majority of people I was hanging around were believers okay so they were just like look at cole he respectful with the ladies right he'd be asking them personal questions before anyway uh whatever the standard is right whatever the standard is nowadays he paid for a meal didn't ask for nothing like i don't know what the standard is right nowadays but I feel like it's pretty low, so we don't need to dwell in the past. We don't have to. We don't. We don't. We're in the future. It's 2023. Right, going into 2024, Lord Willis. So that's interesting. So then the it's interesting to make individual decisions, right? Not as like a part of people like spurring you on to righteousness. Um, it's interesting, and I think a lot of times it can be stronger, right? It's not like you had a bunch of people cheering you on, like, right. you know, so coming to that decision, you felt like um, the spirit was working with you, right? As the word says, the Lord disciplines those he loves. Right. So if you're feeling something, it's like you, he's checking for you, which is good. Um, and then how did you decide? I mean, was it just like a day? You were just like, nah, no more. I just had to recognize his love. And there was a, it was a twofold process. One, recognizing his love and how much more fulfilling his love was to me. I was able to really take a step back and like I said, examine myself. Yeah. And then make the correct decisions. Okay. Because if every time I'm going to this snake mm-hmm. and I feel down, I feel in the dump, I feel guilty. It's like, Cole, God has so much more for you. Yeah. And the second thing was 
Paul talks about in Corinthians how our body is a temple of God. Yes. And I was listening to a pastor give a sermon about the body, and he was explaining how the body is not our own. Right? Like God owns our body. So what you put into it, what you do with it, is not your decision to make. It's his. Yeah. And that today, that's a very radical statement to say, but it's truth. Yeah, I mean, listen to the choir, but yes, like that idea is, I'm sure some people will hear it and be very agitated by hearing it. And that's the flesh. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I really had to remove that flesh and dig deeply and and allow me to see that this life is not my own. Yeah. That the things that you do, God is in control of your life. Yeah. He has the final say. He's Lord. Yeah, that part. And so that was that was the key. And once I once I discovered that I still fell, mm-hmm. I still fall today. But it was much easier one for me to fight temptation. Yeah. And then look towards the future and say, okay, these are the things I'm going to continue doing. And these are the things I'm not going to continue. That's good. So it sounds then like you started with like a renewal of your mind and then your behavior will like kind of begin to follow after you kind of, you know, it's like realizing um, a thing. What was that verse? It's like, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's like, when you grasp a concept from the word, like you're saying, it's like, if God is in charge of the universe and he created us and our bodies and has as creator a purpose for those things, then it's like, hmm, shouldn't we see what he has to say about it? It wasn't any change first. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, I'm never going to do this anymore. And then outwardly, but it was gradually inwardly over time as i commune with the lord as i just stuck by his people my desire started to change yeah yeah that's good right because there's that verse it was like the lord will give you the desires of your heart and everybody be like a new car and i yeah and it's like wait wait but (laughs) what if he changes what we want so that we want good things so that we want him yeah so that we want what he wants. He makes us more like him. Like, that's pretty dope. And then it also takes some pressure off. It's like literally just come in agreement with him. And it's like, he will give you the desires of your heart. He will change what you want so that then you're not fighting with like all this willpower, right? But like, like you said, when it's your heart, it takes so much pressure off. Um, Even in that process of maybe cleaning up some behaviors or thoughts or whatever, it's coming from a place of relationship. Um, yeah, and that's lovely, and that's good preparation for the covenant of marriage. They're very good because it's very not good. about just obligation. Oh, my person gonna get mad because I didn't do A, B, and C. And it's like if it's come from this place of love, the other person is also understanding. It's like I understand your heart for me, and I understand that you are trying, and I know that you try because you love me, right? Like that that type mm-hmm. of give and take, and so it applies there as well. It's not like God holding his hand waiting to smack us, you know, like, like a mosquito or something. And, and that's what I, that's what I used to think it was yeah. for so long. 
a lot of people, right? Yeah. A lot of people be thinking like that, like he's like waiting to like smite people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's because how we would be. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. It's about you. So <laughs> how are, how do you deal with sexual temptation? And you talked a little bit about like understanding God's love for you and how that's helped you. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's like practical things lifestyle wise also, right? Maybe that you have or, you know, are doing or not doing. Accountability. Okay. The amount of times I've had to call a brother in the middle of the night and be like, yo, like I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. As embarrassing as it may seem as you may feel like you're being a burden to the other person. It was never that after I hung up the phone. Yeah. Because some some of those times, I might have called at just the right time where they were being tempted. Okay. Say that. And so, iron sharpens iron. Right. If at the end of the day, a brother sees you trying to walk purely before the Lord, that's going to encourage them. Yes. Yep. So the first thing I say is accountability. The second thing I say is the word, like the word of God. That should honestly be first, but <laughs> humans are helpful. Humans are helpful, but the <laughs> word of God, you look at Jesus and when he was tempted in the garden in uh, Matthew four, he stood on the word. Yep. He spoke to the devil with the word of God. Yeah. If that's not the prototype for how we should deal with temptation, <laughs> I don't know what is. Okay. If Jesus so, ain't no example, what is? Exactly. Be imitators. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So there are times when I literally will have to speak to pornography and say, no, I, Christ tells me to flee sexual morality. That's good. Not just think it, because think it, your thoughts can go one place to the other. If you speak it, there's power in your words, life and death. I say the third thing is, is wisdom, just conventional wisdom. If if I'm struggling with um, fornication, it may not be a good idea for me to call so-and-so at 2 a.m. in the morning to come watch a movie. Who be doing that? It's disrespectful. Tell these little boys, go ahead. I understand you 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 enjoy her company and this is a really good movie on Netflix, but bruh, like you can watch it at 2 p.m. Two p.m. Right. At 2 p.m. With the crew. Those are those are some of the ways. Right. Especially the dorm life. Because it's oh, not yeah. like the old days where it was like girls' dorms and boys' dorms. I went to Liberty University, which is back in, in the flesh. I went there. Right. And they were so strict. You couldn't even like knock on the door at the boys' dorm. I got yelled at. I didn't know. I knocked on the window because was the, the boy I was dating, I was like, hey. I'm not gonna say his name. I was like, is he here? And then somebody came out, what are you doing? And I'm like, knocking on the window, duh. Like, what it look like I'm doing? 
they were like, you can't be here. Like I was going to see male body parts or something. Because this before the internet, when it was still dial up. So right. people couldn't just see male body parts. So they was concerned for my eyes. That's why they didn't want you knocking on the door. Like, yeah, you. on the window, right? They were like, you might see male body parts. And we don't want your eyes to be defiled in that manner. I appreciate the concern. And look at us now in 2022. But you know what's funny, though? Hampton has um, only one co-ed dorm. Oh, really? They had only one co-ed dorm. Church mothers. <laughs> church mothers. It's supposed to all church mothers at Hampton. It was like we rebuke it. Why do they have curfew at all or no? Yes, curfew? they have curfew. Freshman year. Freshman year. We had curfew. I love it. Eleven PM on Monday through Thursday. Okay. One AM Friday through Sunday. I love it. Let the church mothers run the dorm ministry. Okay. Everybody playing that. Yeah. Same thing at Liberty. Same thing. You had to sign out. You're supposed to put where you at with a phone number so they can call it. It was shenanigans. And I will tell you, I did not grow up lying. And I got to Liberty. Mm-hmm. And was out here lying. Not every day, but I'm just saying, I didn't grow up telling tales. And they, they were just honest so much. Like, I started telling tales. <laughs> so, did you I have a question? Mm-hmm. So did you think that type of, uh, I don't want to say surveillance, but structure, (laughs) was that that helpful, is that a helpful way when it comes to sexual temptation? Um, Every person has to be self-governing, I think. Um, But I think it's helpful if it's done with explanation for people who are already, you know, have their decision and they made up their mind is just an annoyance. Cause it's like, I'm already disciplining myself to do this, this, and this. Um, and then to the people who really do not care, <laughs> they gonna be climbing out windows and that's a whole nother podcast stuff. I saw at Liberty, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a small sliver of people. I think it's helpful for them because they just don't think about like, Oh yeah. Where should I be at 2 AM? <laughs> What should I be doing at 2 a.m.? I never thought about it. Like, should I be in these streets? Should I be twerking in the club? You know, they just didn't think about it. On the other side of that, how about I go back to something that you said about accountability? And you were saying that you have someone. How did you find someone that you felt comfortable with? I mean, that's, I would think, wasn't super easy, or was it, to find someone or a few people that you felt comfortable with to have those conversations? I'd say just... Being friendly, like you, you'll never a smile in a simple conversation goes a long way. So these were people I had met just at church, and over the months we had grown closer, had different types of conversations, and of course, we we men we talking, <laughs> ladies don't come up. Some some cold. What you doing? How you? You single with you. So those conversations come up. And then a lot of those times, I would have to step out in faith. Because in order for me to tell someone that I'm struggling with sin, struggling with sexual purity, I have to step out in faith and trust that this is the person I'm to be, I'm supposed to be telling. Yeah. 
and that they're mature enough to help disciple me through that and help walk with me through it. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, with all due respect, the people that I'm calling at 2 a.m. are not women. No. <laughs> because that, that's not going to help them. That's not going to help them. It's it just going to help me. You. <laughs> so these are mostly brothers that I'm calling and you would be surprised at how many people are struggling with the same things you're struggling with. I might not because I'm middle-aged, but go on. So. We are we are very similar in this walk, I think. Um, yeah. Lust is, is a lot of men struggle with lust. And it's taboo. We don't want to talk about it because we're so... God slap you on the hand. Sin, no, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Yes, sin is evil. But if we don't shine light on it, yes, it's gonna grow like mold in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. I mean, so in that, I guess I was thinking about because I mean, I definitely had a season where I felt that I was being drawn towards pornography. Um, and so now in the year of our Lord 2023, especially, you know, I talk to young women and it's like, look, it's everywhere. And it's just, and you listen to certain music, you be minding your business, all these ideas and stuff be coming in your head, whether or not you intended to, depending on where you are. Right. So all that is to say, and I um, said, when I had that season, I already had learned how to pray. So I was really like, what is happening? First of all, because I'm like, my life is, you know, I'm walking with the Lord. And I remember at some point, it was like a revelation about how to pray. Like you said, when you're talking, you realize this is a spiritual battle. And I remember I was like, because yeah, I've been learning about identity. So my own identity in Christ. And mm -hmm. I've been learning about how we're all made in the image of God. But it was like every single person that's participating in that industry is made in the image of God and has really no understanding of the fact that they are an image bearer that they hold the image of god in their bodies and like we said our bodies are for a purpose and they're misusing their purpose and it was like this revelation that came and then i was like offended also like i was offended at the devil for having people think that this is how they should make money do you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. or having people think that there was any legitimacy in like filming this stuff and putting it out there people misusing their bodies like that yeah. And I just started to pray every, cause what would happen was even if I hadn't looked at anything, you know, and anybody who's been in that experience is that you, you know, images be popping up, you mind your business, you're trying to read the word or whatever. Every time I would start declaring identity over every person, every body part, cause it's ratchet right. out here. I was like, I don't care anything I saw. It was like that person, I speak identity over them. They will know who they are in Christ. They will know that God is, you know, their father. I just started like going, I was like the next one. I was like that person, you know, cause it's like, you don't really usually even know names or whatever. It's fake names. You don't know who these people are, but I was right. like everything I saw, I was like, I don't care. And so it's a manner of casting down every high imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God as that verse says, it's a manner of doing that. And so when you begin to go on the offense, so it's not defense. Like, oh no, I'm getting dragged mm -hmm. away. I was like, oh, you bringing it over. Don't start and I won't be none. I'm about to speak salvation, breakthrough over these people. Bring it over here again. Yeah. I don't know whose leg that was or whatever. Bring it over here again. And that leg about to get identity. 
bless the leg. I speak identity over that leg that it will not be used for the purposes of the enemy. I speak, you know what I'm saying? And when I tell you within three days, won't no images come in? Enemy's like, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. People's uh, lives we, get, we leave her alone. We gotta leave her alone. Right. People's lives getting transformed in the spirit realm. They don't even know. They they get through they didn't ask for. <laughs> so so I would say that also for anybody that's listening, that's almost its own topic, how different people have, you know, come out or are coming out, right? Of that space of being addicted and drawn to this thing. Um, and there's also just yeah, that renewing of the mind as well. I'm like, Holy Spirit, renew my mind, wash my mind. You know, I'll come back in alignment with you, like help everything, you know, just to fall away, wash me of everything, you know, that just walking through life, just stuff gets on you, you know, yeah. just wash me, you know, and, and it's all like, gradual. say less. He's like, I got you. <laughs> and it's all gradual. Yes. This is not an overnight thing. Right. It's, it is a battle. It is a war. Yeah. And we have the victory in Jesus. We do. Like that old song. What old song? We have the victory, victory in Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, it's an old choir song. I feel like it's early Hezekiah Walker. I want to ask about what does it feel like to be single? But I think when you're, the expectation at 22 in the year of our Lord 2023 is that you are single at 22. So, I mean, what does it feel like to be single at an age where people expect you to be single? Does it... Would it be defying expectations not to be single? Or is it more that they just don't expect you to be married? What's that space like at 22? I have a lot of things to say on this, actually. Okay. Uh, Break it down. So I I actually enjoy singleness. Okay. One, because I like to be alone. (laughs) I enjoy my company, like my own company. Okay. So ain't nobody's calling me, babe, what you, where we... It's, it's just me. So quality time is not your love language. Go on. <laughs> I'm not mad. Just keep that in your mind when you look at no. this house. Okay, quality time. Don't do that one. So I say, um, it's funny because sometimes I will walk into a church and being the one out of the only four young men <laughs> in the pews. I'm, I'm so serious. I believe it. Women will expect me if I form some type of relationship with them to automatically assume marriage. Oh. And so I'm walking into spaces and this is a sister in Christ that I'm just trying to get to know, just trying to be friendly. Yeah. But automatically there's like this like Oh, we got it. Like, let's pursue marriage. Like, let's. I mean, because it's like, hey, why not? Let's just see. Right. But in the end, I'm like, man, can I just be single and just be chilling? No, the odds are not in our favor. So that's why the women be a little crazy. Um, And I can see that too. But we got to have some some coof when it comes to this because. I, I'm at the end of the day, there are a lot of beautiful women of God out there. Don't get me wrong. Y'all look good. But not every woman I come across, I automatically want to marry. I might just want to be a friend. 
as one should because one only fit to marry one woman in the biblical new testament tradition correct but men and women can be friends yes or no yes we can be friends okay i don't believe that (laughs) (laughs) there they could be acquaintances I can hold you in high regard, but we ain't finna be no friends. Why? Because again, the friends are the people that you call at 2 a.m. And that's never going to be a male-female thing. Like your for real, your for real writer dies are the ones that you can call it too. And that's not going to be a dude for me. It's not going to be a woman for you. Everybody has a position, a role to play. Yeah, so it's like in the friend pyramid, in the friend pyramid, like your opposite gender friends are like really low. (laughs) So they're almost like not friends, they're like acquaintances. Maybe as I get older, maybe I'll I'll hold that same perspective. But now, I still, I think men and women can be friends. Okay, we'll check back in 10 years. We'll check back in 10 years. Okay. I just, I don't like friendships with expiration dates on them. Um, and so that's what a close cross-gender friendship feels like. And then also because biology is so real, there's really limits on, there's a lot of limits on cross-gender friendships. That is my lived hey. experience. <laughs> so I respect it. Right. So, um, but that's interesting. So yeah. So being in the space and being single mm-hmm. and feeling that you have to, what is the what's a new i'm trying to think of neutral language to describe excusing yourself from the possibility of a relationship every time you meet a peer aged you know a woman your age um in your age group um that feels like it puts a little pressure on trying to have trying to have community (laughs) a lot of it okay yeah um now granted of course, there's not like people coming up to me like, "Will you marry me?" Of course, no. But I can tell. This would be like, like if I had a little girl about twenty, I'd be like, "What you, when, what you doing with your life, Cole? I like this young man right here. He seemed real stable, and he got a good head on his shoulders. Went to the real HQ and everything. Like I would, that's what yeah. I would be doing. So, I guess you. So I'm just saying, you done came in with good hygiene, you're articulate, got an education. Team <laughs> celibate, I mean. Yeah. That's it, actually very You got to come in with like a crack problem or something so the woman can leave you alone. You know? That actually happened to me. What did that happen to me? Somebody's mom? A few, a few months ago, yeah. It's okay though, right? Because this is how people got married in the olden days. It was like your whole family participating was being the online dating for you, you know? So I guess, so from listening to you though, it feels like men in church are basically in the same uh, position that women are just on these, in these streets. Exactly. (laughs) Like if I go out with one of my little wigs on and a decent outfit and I'm like trying to buy cereal, And somebody like, how you doing? You're smiling. Oh, ah. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. And Jesus loves you too. Do you know that he died for your sins? Yeah. (laughs) So it's also that. Just stay real serious about the word of God. Everybody can't hang. They might be in these pews, but they can't hang. Will you be like serious about the word too? So that, that might get a third of them gone. But the people on, say like the intercessory team or something like that, they're going to be like, this the one. 
Yeah. I don't have any advice for that yet. I don't have any advice. I mean, just appreciate your youth because yes, when you're young, everybody just sees possibility over your head, male or female, new job, whatever. When you're young, people just see possibility. So it's just a function of being young. And when you age out of it, you'll know. And you'll be like, oh, I'm not young no more. <laughs> people don't approach me with that same energy. <laughs> you can be like, dang, well, maybe I should have. Right. So like we're right. Yeah. So I will keep that in mind. I will definitely keep that. Yeah. I am looking. Okay. I am looking. But you probably I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you want to feel like you're choosing? Is that also, you know, part of it? I guess I just want something natural. Okay. Like just something that develops, you know? Not something that's so what's the word? Quick. Okay. Or forced. Is, is it do you feel forced or interesting? Because I think when you find somebody that you really want to be with, I don't think you will be like, I don't want this to be quick. Yeah. I think you'll be like, quick ain't the problem. Like, I'm just, you're like, we can marry tomorrow. I'm I'm good. I had a, had a dream. The Lord spoke to me concerning you. Had a dream. <laughs> Just don't say that until the other person confirms it. Word to the wise. <laughs> Fair to me. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. So. Noted. Yeah. So then what would you say? I mean, in there feels like maybe what you might think is the worst thing about being single. I mean, are there things worse than being pleasantly preyed upon by every... <laughs> <laughs> Very church woman trying to link you up with somebody themselves or someone else. Like, I mean, what would you think? I mean, at twenty two, what what would twenty two? I am young. Yeah. Um, I say the loneliness, the solitude. There's a point where, like, okay, it would be nice to have someone by my side. Mm -hmm. It's cold right now. Cuffing season. It's cuffing season. I, I got some good blankets downstairs. <laughs> it would be very nice to have that person by yourself. Yeah. Or even in a moment, if you're, let's say you're sick. Oh, yeah. There's somebody to yeah. take care of you. Yes. Yeah. There's somebody to do stuff with. Right. Yeah, you're instant person. You don't have to coordinate like five people. <laughs> yeah. Across time zones in my case, I'll be like, who going on this trip? Y'all raggedy? Is we going or not? Be like, how much is it? Right. Like, we just told you three text messages ago you wasn't paying attention. What day is it again? Do I have off? Wait, can I get off? Like, where are we going? We talked about this <laughs> yeah definitely i'm a person who likes to travel so that is definitely i'm reminded how single i am when i'm trying to take these trips <laughs> yeah so but it could be worse right you could be reminded how very much in a relationship you are in that if you end up with a person like i like the beach and they didn't like the beach and then i'm like lord why you give me this man <laughs> Who don't like this ocean? Like, I who don't like ocean. the beach? though? wait. People, people. It's like, well, I can't be out here no flip flops. 
I'm not trying to be out here. <laughs> I have not met them people. They exist, especially like okay, back in the day down here in Hampton in the nineties when Tim's was it, brothers would be at Buckrow Beach in Timberlands. At the beach in Timberlands and socks coming up their calves. Okay. Because those are not beach people. If you are at the beach, it's a boots. Yeah, okay. They exist and they live near the ocean. So some of them. So talk about man can't have their toes out. It's summer. You should. It's gonna smell nasty in there if you don't let those dogs out. So, you know, little things, little things, the traveling. Yeah. Cuffing season is the worst. Winter is hard and end of year is hard on everybody. Right. So, um, that part, but this is not about me. So what <laughs> in that, so in those moments where you're like, dang, I feel extra single right now. Like, how do you hold on to joy in that space? I look at the relationships, um, that I form with women already. And I say that meaning there are a lot of beautiful young women who I've formed relationships with, godly relationships with, who I'm not dating, but are very fruitful. So I can take joy in that knowing that although this person I might not marry, we may never even get into a relationship, this is what's coming in the future. And seeing kind of like right now what I like and enjoying those relationships. Cause I think with the added pressure of marriage, with the added pressure of, Oh, are we going to get into a relationship or not? With all that, we can kind of miss sight of what's in front of us, our, our friendship. Right. And so that brings me a lot of joy that because relationships are like jobs. They're really full-time jobs. Yeah. That's a lot of added weight. You know it, it, it is and it isn't, right? So um, it's a mindset shift, just like parenting. So yes, right, parenting is a full-time job, but it's a mindset shift. And I will say from what I've observed, once your mind, like any job, once you get your mind shift around the job role then at some point you're kind of coasting but for that same reason right however many years into a relationship people be coasting it's like you not checking in though so then one day this person wake up and be like okay i'm sick of you and you're like what happened (laughs) right so i mean there is that initial mindset shift and people talk about i think it's maybe two years or they say the honeymoon period but really it's like this adjusting so once you know the job but it's still a matter of checking in just like in any job you just be doing stuff and your boss is like you know we changed strategy six months ago right and i just (laughs) i don't know if you saw the memo we changed strategy that's a very different way it's not a way that i would have thought in my 20s right um, mm-hmm. I think, like, I think you and I, we had talked about it where I just feel like there's not enough coaching for lack of a better word, I guess mentorship, right? Most yeah. people I feel like in the U S maybe don't have those like elders to like mentor them through the, the, the relationship, you know, this marriage and like, how do you respect and enjoy one another? Cause it's one thing to respect, respect, respect. No, but how do you enjoy and respect? Right. 
one another and then over decades like the same two people so um yeah it's a challenge but obviously one that most people are willing to try at least once at least once <laughs> maybe more than once right depending you know so um myself i'm like yeah you know, i could do that before i leave the earth um <laughs> So what do you think? Like, all right, in that space, though, if it's like a stacked full shelf, do you believe in the one or some type of like soulmate, like deep connections? Like, how do you view like your person? What is that in your mind? I believe that. I believe that God is handcrafting someone for me. And and I've heard other perspectives, right? I've heard the perspective where there might not be the one, there may be a lot of right ones, which I can see from too, but I do believe that there's someone out there to help me for me specifically. Okay. So it's kind of I like the one. Them. Yeah, basically the one. Okay. I may have met them. Okay. So handcrafted, organic, bespoke. Organic. Handcrafted. Okay. Just for me. Okay. So, all right. We're getting that like hipster kind of, you know, <laughs> marketing around your bride. Got it. Okay. I'm not mad. It could be the case. Um, and the odds are definitely in your favor. So. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some faith on it you have good stats and some faith let's do it so let's do it okay i think that's kind of cool um so do really you, do you believe in the word um i don't think so because i would also then have to assume that like he died at war or was shot in like la or something so I'm going to go ahead and say that didn't happen. Although that would be a very likely um, explanation. <laughs> okay. But if I do believe in the one that does take the onus off of me. So maybe, right. As opposed to me, just like not selecting or being aware enough to recognize what's in front of me. I don't know. Thank I have strong opinions on it. I really don't. Um, because through most of history, people just got married somewhat random. What would we would perceive as randomly, but you know, again, people's parents just being like, "Oh, look at that little boy. He's taller than you, and he comes from a good family." You know, like so it just didn't feel as purposeful or individually purposeful, right? Historically, mm. it hasn't been about individual purpose. It's just been like, "This looks good. Put it together." <laughs> Right. so so it's hard right and then now i think what we at least perceive ourselves to require for flourishing for our emotional flourishing is so much more than that and so mm -hmm. the question is is it like that stupid song that's like if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with and it was not in a positive way <laughs> those are cheaters um but but in a positive way, right? If it's just like, but do you just build and love the one that you choose? And then that becomes your one. Right? So, I mean, yeah. Because otherwise, There's I just think. 
Yeah, because I think, you know, you really are supposed to get married when you're young. It's better for you psychologically, physically, obviously for childbearing, all those things. I mean, if you have any thoughts, don't feel that you need to hold them. Um, we are close to the end of our conversation, but don't hold back. No, I said, uh, I said a lot of what I wanted to say. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. That's good. Glad you this finished the So then if we're talking about so we you got most of your stuff out but i want to ask you you know what's one thing in your life that you would like to see more of oh just one because <laughs> there's a few is it top three no more than three okay okay i got two okay discipleship mm -hmm. very few christians right now in america and western society are being discipled yeah and it's sad yeah because we show up on sunday and someone speaks to us about the word of god we go back home and that's it that's a lot of people's lives right and that's not how it's supposed to be lived agree agree discipleship number one number two I'd say men in these types of spaces mm -hmm. because the lack of the lack of men in these types of spaces, we provide a different perspective. Yeah, it's true. We're needed mm -hmm. as leaders, as protectors, as just an all-around role model for young women to look up to, for young men to look up to, we're needed and you don't see a lot of us. And then one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Oh, okay, go ahead. I say more open and honest communication about relationships, about sex, about marriage, because you know, we kind of just brush pot, brush by it and say, figure it out. Yeah, it's like, y'all like, be all right. We was all yeah, right. You straight? <laughs> it's like, were you? Y'all don't look all right. Y'all don't look. Tell the truth, make the devil mad. <laughs> so just an open dialogue mm -hmm. for people to talk about these things. Because if it's not brought to light, then that might not give the courage for the other person who's struggling with the same exact thing yeah to speak about it yeah you know ken clater his church is in florida and um they he and his wife have been doing a podcast and just talking about marriage and relationships and they were even talking about like just some you know thinking of a godly perspective of sex and marriage and a practical perspective as well um which is really good so um you know they have a few decades right they're not talking like since we got married at 22 and we 27 now no shade you know but it's just like when you didn't got their kids are older like about to go the oldest one's close to going to college like you know okay. your bodies change your brain changes your kids be changing on you you know <laughs> so and they still love each other you can see when they talk to each other so um it's really nice to see that and yeah there need to be more voices you know because we shouldn't have to like dig and search for that one couple right we should be stumbling across this type of wisdom everywhere 
and that's not at all the case. It's like you're looking and digging like for it. Putting that out there for everyone who might be looking for something like that. For you, sir, um, at this point, so we're going, what is this, like 2024, basically. Um, who and what, like for this new season, would you like Jesus to be to you? It's a very interesting question. I've never never asked myself that. Uh, who would I like Jesus to be? Sometimes I can be myself. Sometimes. A lot of the times. I can be very hard on myself. And I really want to understand fully. And I know there's so much of his love to understand, but you know that scripture in Ephesians where it talks about the height and depth yeah. and length and width of God's love? Right. I really desire to be immersed in in that love, in mm-hmm. such a loving God. And I really desire that God in this next season just be a lover. Yeah. Like, and I know he is, and I know that's his God is love. But I desire to see it in a new way, to see it in a fresh way. Yeah. That's good. That's really beautiful. That's why I would try to get, you know, you with my imaginary daughter, but it's fine. You're free to see. See, I'm doing a podcast about relationships. And the one hosts the podcast. You see what I'm talking about, Tara? This everywhere. Everywhere. Because I'd be like, my imaginary daughter, you know, she um, got good grades in school. You know, she cute, like her mama. <laughs> she got a good personality. She know how to cook. Actually, I don't cook, so my baby probably wouldn't cook. She be doing a meal kit. My baby be killing that meal kit. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, my gosh. Um, right after just talking about Jesus, I just forgive me, Lord, for not respecting your moment and take it away from me. Oh, foolishness. Um, we really are at the close of this conversation. It has been a delight. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we're like, I would like prayer for this because I, I want to invite the audience into that. And of course, we'll close in prayer as well. So one of the things I've kind of been focusing on in my relationship with God is my identity, like you spoke about in the beginning. And I started to really recognize that my life is not my own, right? Like this idea that the Lord bought us at a price. And so we we belong to him. And my prayer, uh, my prayer request is that I, that the Lord continues to reveal that to me. And then I continue to see it in my everyday life. And then I continue to live it, you know. So that's that's my prayer request that 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 surrender, and that it's not burdensome, you know, because yeah. people can look at it as being, oh, I gotta surrender to God, oh, I got, but it's like this is the greatest master, the greatest man that ever walked this planet, yeah. the most, the nicest, the kindest. Put some respect on it, yeah. The most generous king of ever, of all. This isn't burdensome at all. This is where we're meant to be. Yeah. So yeah. 
That's good. Okay. So that's good. So why don't um why don't I pray for you and that reconnection and that fresh revelation of the Lord and then you pray for our audience and we'll close out the podcast. Okay. All right. So Father God, I thank you so much, number one, for Cole and for his heart to walk before you in purity in all things. Um, with his body, but also with his heart and his mind. And I pray for this revelation and this new wave of revelation of your love, of your goodness, of your kindness that he's seeking. And I come in agreement with him and release it over him, over his mind, over his body, over even his dreams, Father. I thank you that you are releasing fresh revelation of who you are to him and for every person listening as well, that they, if they come in agreement, will receive the blessing of understanding who you are, your great love for them, your plans for them in every way that you desire to make them more, um, give them more peace and make them more in your image um, and like your son. And we ask this confidently knowing that it is your will for each of us to be more connected with you and to know you better. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Um, Father God, first and foremost, I want to say thank you um, for your grace, for your love, and the just the kindness and generosity you pour over us every single day, Jesus. Thank you um, for Taryn, for allowing me to come onto this podcast and speak to those who are looking to delve into relationships or grow in, in marriages or whatever it may be. And Lord, anyone who was under the sound of my voice tonight, I pray that whatever I spoke that was needed for them, that they receive it. And that whatever I spoke that was not needed for them, that they don't receive it, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I pray that, um, that my words that I spoke today weren't just my words, but they were also your words. And that those words touch hearts, touch minds, and touch spirits to live for you. We thank you, King Jesus. And it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. This has been fabulous. Thank you for being a guest. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Single in These Pews, a production of The Digworthy Marshall. We gather people from different walks of life for discussions, not debates. Listen weekly on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Or you can join the conversation on your favorite social media platform at The Digworthy.